Hi there, Matthew. My name is Chris Stevens. I'm the CEO of Coda Minerals Limited. We're a South Australian copper cobalt explorer and copper gold explorer. Um, we have a fantastic project. It's located about six hours north of Adelaide and uh, very close to uh, Oz Minerals Carapatina operation, uh, which is just to our east. And then just to the north is the BHP Olympic Dam operation. So it's very much in the right postcode for some of the best copper exploration on the planet. Um, in terms of the project, we, over the last couple of years since listing, we've taken about 250,000 tonnes of contained copper equivalent um, and increased that more than fourfold. And so now we have an in-ground resource, primarily jork-indicated uh, category, so the, the higher confidence than inferred, um, of over 1.1 million tonnes of contained copper equivalent. That's primarily copper and cobalt um, in resources which are a mixture of open pit uh, two open pits and then one underground um, and you know that's really the foundational asset for the company we have a scoping study coming out very soon um, also in addition to that we have deeper iron oxide copper gold exploration um, and we have some fantastic historical hits um, talk a little bit more about that as we go along but um, really the two projects in one elizabeth creek great foundational copper cobalt assets in shallower more advanced resources and then incredible blue sky with the copper gold as well brilliant um good to meet you chris uh, we're not met or spoken before so i think it's probably worth getting to know you um what's your background uh, I've got a really interesting background, but the short answer is I have uh, effectively Chinese studies in economics, and then I did postgrad at WA School of Mines in mineral economics. So I am unashamedly economic focused, you know, really uh, very heavily focused on the value of what we're doing and making sure everything is heavily risk assessed um, and also well understood from that study and foundational basis. As a career, I've worked in management consulting. I've worked in a number of uh, iron ore and also base metals projects and most of my career has been in commercial and study management as well as exploration management which is great because that's that that's the stage we're at right now so i'm in a happy place okay um, but who's going to give your uh, retail customers the kind of technical competence who's on the team right so our exploration manager um, matt weber he's uh, also has a postgraduate in mineral economics but he's a very academic geologist as well uh, with great practical experience um he's really proven his uh, copper exploration by working with uh, the team to take this to over a million tons of contained copper equivalent. Um, the most famous board member uh, from a technical point of view would also be Colin Moorhead. Um, he's on the board of uh, Xanadu Copper, um, also on the board of Romelius. He's ex-Newcrest, uh, so about 23 years, I believe, with Newcrest. Again, former head uh, president of the Australian Institute of uh, Minerals and Metallurgy, the OzIMM. So very experienced technical team here. Um, okay, so, so there's the, just looking at the team there, obviously quite, quite experienced. There's some, there's some sort of nameplate people. And um, obviously with you know, Matt on the ground, um, who else is kind of supporting him? Because you're at that point where you're starting to move the project along nicely. Yeah, so look, I sort of touched on Colin as the exploration brains on the board. Um, Robin Marshall's very, very heavily experienced in studies and Paul Hallam, uh, very experienced in operations. So he was one of the foundational executives that got FMG off the ground. In terms of wider support, we work with Strategic Metallurgy here in Perth, which have a phenomenal track record on base metals projects. Uh, we're having um, significant sort of peer review as well as we go along. Uh, we've been working with Osenko, um, and, and look, it, you know, it has been a fantastic technical team.
Okay, so what was the plan originally? I mean, when did you pick this project up and, you know, you know what did you know day one? I've actually had a really interesting and long run with this project and it's, it's probably a longer story, but I got involved in 2015 in another entity. Uh, we started farming into the project and really, I like technical risk. You know, I may, may sort of be a mineral economist by training, but I've spent a lot of time working on studies and leading technical teams uh, on, on studies and sort of solving technical and metallurgical problems. So we looked at this project from the point of view that it had two problems that needed to be solved. The first was a technical one, how to get at the copper and at the cobalt. Um, historically, people have been trying to suppress the cobalt, largely because cobalt wasn't really thought about. You know, it was primarily sort of an industrial mineral, um, no real major um, demand in battery. And of course, that's changed enormously. Um, so when we sort of looked at this through the lens of saying, right, how do we get as much cobalt as possible? And, you know, cobalt's about 30% of the mix now. So primarily copper, but still with that cobalt um, as well. And we... So it's had 30% some... in terms of value, not not content, right? Uh, yeah, value. Obviously, cobalt's a much higher value. So in terms of mass, it's very low, which again, makes life really great when you're looking at downstream processing. So um, once we sort of changed that paradigm, we had a lot of success, started getting phenomenal uh, flotation recoveries from the cobalt. Then the second problem we needed to solve was scale with 250,000 tons, as well as the copper and cobalt processed. Um, you don't really have the kind of scale that you need for a credible project. And so we went exploring. We looked at historical databases. We did some of our own project generation as well. And uh, we sort of took ME Bluff from a, a handful of holes which had been discovered by accident when looking for an IOCG. And um, about 18 months ago now, uh, we delivered a resource over ME Bluff of 43 million tons at 1.84% copper equivalent. So roughly 800,000 tons contain copper, 550,000 tons cobalt, the re uh, sorry, copper, the rest cobalt. And that gave us the scale. So with over a million tons, we knew we were off to the races. Um, there was some doubts around mining. It's flat dipping. We got into the mining. We now have fully peer-reviewed mining study with um, you know, a credible plan to produce two and a half million tons per annum. So again, it's sort of been a charmed life in that every time we've hit up a problem, we've really gone and then solved that. Um, and the last piece of the puzzle we started to release that we released this morning is just that we're finalizing some of the downstream processing options. Um, so yeah, it's just been a case of chipping away and getting these things right as we move along and things have fallen into place really well. Right, so you talk about problems that you needed to solve you know, at the outset um, and some of the stuff that you've done along the way. You know, 1.84, is, is, that's, that's quite nice. We're three million tons start with, not too bad either. What are the problems you're going to need to solve to kind of overcome the fact that you're not being valued at the moment? Like 30, 35 million bucks, depending on the time of day. You don't seem to be getting the attention that you need. So what do you need to do to change that? Look, I think it's always difficult at this part of a study. And I think that's something that is is worth acknowledging. We, we did a bit of an internal uh, sort of look at what moves the dial with scoping studies. And we've generally found that, you know, in this period, I, I think there, there's sometimes that perception, look, it's coming. Um, and in reality, what you really need to do is get out a solid study. And I've seen a massive range of quality recently. Um, so putting something out, which is highly credible, really has solid technical basis. And then I think you start to get the interest from shareholders looking for those longer term exposure and leverage to copper. Um, so the first thing is that, and it's really overcoming some of our history as well with some phenomenal exploration results, but possibly being over punished um, following sort of the 
um, the expiration results in the deep iron oxide, copper, gold. And I think it's really getting shareholders to understand that this is an amazing foundational asset. Um, but on top of that, there's incredible blue sky as well. Um, we have a solid cash balance. We have a good technical team. We have a study coming. We have incredible blue sky as well. Um, there are a couple of strategic things I think we need to solve. So the first is you know, getting that study out there and making sure that people understand what it really means. And then the second is maybe solving the expiration puzzle with the IOCG. And that, again, could mean looking at joint ventures. It could mean looking at taking on a bigger, a bigger partner. And what we're trying to do at the moment, and I feel like I'm jumping around a little bit, and this is, again, one of the challenges with this project. It has so many things going for it in terms of the foundational copper cobalt, but then also the big blue sky. Um, what we're doing at the moment is some exploration work with geophysics, uh, new satellite connected technology using geodes, which you can cluster around areas and see the results in real time. So we've got 23,000 meters of diamond drilling in the deeper IOCG. Um, we're pulling together that database and then we'll start to look at our strategic options from there. Right. And obviously the, the other difficulty with companies of, of your side, I know you, you got, so how much cash? You said, I've got cash. What, what, what are we setting up? About $7 million. Seven, okay. So not too, not too bad. You've got a bit of optionality there. But the difficulty with small companies is when you've got, I think you, you described it you know, very positively, but you've got, you've, got lots of, you've got lots of options, you've got lots of projects and targets that you, you can go for, but it's helping the retail by articulating clearly how you piece all of this together and not getting distracted by too many moving parts and spending your money efficiently. So again, you've done studies on what works. What do you think you need to be focused on and where are you allocating that capital, the majority of that capital now to be able to show that this thing has some economic future? Right, I mean, with the study, most of the money has been spent. So the expensive part of the study is primarily drilling to get you enough confidence to be able to fulfill the Jork, um, you know, Jork ASX and ASIC criteria. So you've got to have your payback period backed by indicated material. 95% of our entire mine plan is in the indicated category. And so a lot of that money has been spent, a lot of the work um, historically as well on flow sheet development. So you can, you can do a lot of damage with a very small amount of money in terms of creating value. And that's what we're focused on right now. The exploration, especially the deeper exploration, is more expensive. There is no doubt about that. These are deep holes. They're deep holes into a proven, highly prospective system. In fact, it's not prospective, it's proven. We've hit you know, some quite incredible intercepts down there sort of 50 meters plus of sulfides in multiple intercepts and so strategically getting value from that is about again focusing on what you can do for relatively low cost in our case geophysics to uh, sort of triangulate correlate against the drilling that we've done um, and then possibly looking at strategic options on that so on the one hand we've got plenty of money to be working away on the study delivering that value locking that in and then the exploration upside is a mixture of shallower resources, which we can afford to um, explore, and the deeper resources, which we're really looking to make sure that we put our best foot forward. So do the technical work and then present that. Right. Okay. And, and what does that actually look like? Because again, a lot of juniors come on and talk to me about, oh, we'll bring strategic partners in, or we'll bring the Chinese in, we'll, we'll bring some, whoever in. You've got to also paint the picture, present something that they're going to be interested in. So how much more time, how much more money do you need to allocate to that? So you don't have to give away too much of the upside further down the line. Look, there's a couple of hundred thousand dollars left to spend on the study. It's materially advanced, right? So that that's a huge advantage. We we are not burning cash right now at all. Um, the 
and that is a fantastic place to be. Uh, the second in terms of sort of getting that study going is uh, sort of getting that traction with the study is, look, let me put it in simple terms. If you look at Australian copper projects right now, there are not many projects out there with a credible 30 plus thousand ton production profile in the mining. We've got a little work yet to do just to just to provide that, obviously provide that finalized study to the market. But simply put, this is copper, this is cobalt, it's technically robust, it's mineable. It is in without question, the best mining jurisdiction in Australia, if not the planet. South Australia is a wonderful place to work. We've got some fantastic neighbors, BHP, Oz Minerals, which, you know, soon may be BHP, um, and, you know, located right on the Gawler Craton. Um, it is possible, if not probable, this will be the first hydrometallurgical circuit on the Gawler Craton capable of processing long life copper cobalt resources as well. And with ethical sourcing of cobalt, that's another huge plus. So in terms of potential future partners, uh, future acquirers, you know, this is going to be something that gets people's attention. On the flip side, we have a board that has taken, I think, between them over 15 projects from feasibility to production. So if we go down that path, and it's something that at this point is what we're working towards, um, I believe we have a very credible ability to do that as well. Have they have they ploughed money into this thing? Are they just nameplate or are they actually helping you on it? I don't know whether it's daily, weekly, monthly process. So actually, so this is how you move this forward for the big strategic investors to get interested. Because again, you know, small companies struggle with that. And there's a, there's that balance between what I need to front up to the market versus just the reality of actually getting a deal on the table that you can discuss. Yeah, so look, in terms of the board involvement, you know, Keith Jones, our chairman, he's the former chairman of Deloitte Australia. Um, he has ploughed over a million dollars of his own cash into this company. This company was spun out of another uh, entity. It, we did not take large founder shares, you know, startup shares or any of that on the way through. This was, this was very much um, a board doing the right thing by the shareholders, spinning out these assets and then acquiring everything on market. So again, we had an EGM this morning. The board between us will be cutting over 3,000, you know, transferring over $300,000 to the company for shares acquired in the last raise as well. Um, so yeah, the chairman in particular, but uh, and in terms of, you know, in terms of drive, you know, the chairman is in here. He drives us very, very hard. It's not a team that needs to be driven because we're all very dedicated. It's, it's you know, um, there's a bit of a joke. We put the OCD in COD and we really are a team that we enjoy. We enjoy working together and we enjoy the work that we do. Um, I'm never that interested when people say they work hard because everyone works hard. Show me the results. And that's what we're working on right now. Um, but in terms of the you know board, again, Colin Moorhead is on the phone to me almost every day. I, I have no he puts so much time and effort into this company. Robin and Paul, feasibility questions, oversight. So again, it's a very strong board. It's a board that's got a lot of its own skin in the game, a terrifying percentage, but actually not that terrifying considering how solid the company is and my super fund is in this project. This is my first serious CEO gig um, and I intend to make this work. Uh, so again, great team, great board. Um, we're very focused. Okay, um, so in, in, term, in terms of the share register and the kind of the, the, the corporate makeup there, it, for an Australian company, relatively tight. Um, but I should say it's it's been it's been around as well. Um, how are you sort of managing you know the kind of dilution component and making sure that this isn't a, the eternal 
you know, raise equity cookie cutter, raise equity, you know, it's, 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 there's a there's a treadmill one has to go through. So how do you kind of kind of keep, how do you get the growth component into the story without the dilution? That's a fantastic question. And what we've focused on to date is obviously very carefully and small control raises really to make sure the company um, to make sure the company can raise on its sort of own terms and on its best terms rather than allowing cash to get too low, which I think is often a mistake, especially around studies. And then really to focus on what can move the dial and what is going to build value for shareholders. And in my opinion, those are effectively three things. The first is having strong copper assets, proving this is mineable, not being that company that goes slow once they've done a few good things and then misses the next cycle um, because approvals aren't placed because the scoping study and the PFS aren't done properly, you know, getting that work done technically robust. Because we have a strong team, we can do a lot of that in-house. Um, I, you know, I personally manage huge parts of this project. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of work, but we just say we love what we do. Um, and I believe that builds value by getting these things done. Um, the second, so first lock in the value of the study. Second is create that blue sky. Make sure we're doing the right things in terms of exploration. We, look, we've, like many companies, we've had our ups and downs. We've had some fantastic hits. We've had some less fantastic hits, um, but ultimately we're sitting on some incredible real estate with proven deeper IOCG copper gold systems as well as that foundational asset. And then the third one is incrementally improve. You know, they're, they're my list of opportunity, we, we have an internal opportunity register we keep, um, is long. And everybody knows that if they're coming and looking for you know, the reason to do something, it needs to be accompanied by a cash burn down chart. It needs to be accompanied by an exploration explanation of what that announcement is going to look like and what the news flow is going to be driven if it's successful. Um, and again, we, we plan strategically very carefully. Right. And do, do you think we sometimes see this when you kind of get a consultancy background, economics background, where the story is almost too complicated for the average guy or gal to understand, you kind of got the kind of sedimentary component, the ICG, and, and in the background, there's also a Gabrecci story uh, going on as well. Um, where, yeah, I know, right? So, so, so there's, there's a lot of kind of moving parts that you're early stage and you're trying to do things in a kind of a, a systematic, well thought through way and always with an economic understanding of what you're, you're trying to do. But is there a simpler way to tell this story that you think retail have missed because uh, because i'm looking at your chart from middle of last year it was like people got super super excited and then they kind of just it's come off a bit 2022 sucked for everyone we'll be able to put that kind of hands up and say that but you've got to do something about that now so how, how, how do we do it let me explain this very very simply and, and there is a simpler way to do this we have two assets effectively the first is a solid foundational copper cobalt project. There's a lot of copper there. There's a lot of cobalt there. We know we can mine it you know, based on the mining study. We have done all of the work on processing um, up to the final trade-off studies, which essentially means we know we can process it. We know it's a good technically robust project. We will deliver a full scoping study on that to the market very shortly. So it's a lot of copper. It's in a wonderful place. We know how to mine it. We know how to process it. We're advancing very well. It's a good, solid, what I would call mid-tier foundational asset for a company befitting of a higher share price than our current one. 
The second part of the story is the deeper IOCG. That is a slower burn. It's a more expensive burn. It's a higher risk, but it is also a massively high reward if, and I believe we absolutely will get the strategy right in how to take that exploration forwards, the potential reward for shareholders is also enormous. That's the story. Okay. So, so you got a hero product and there's some optionality with another couple of projects, one which probably will require a strategic partner that you're very focused on delivering scale, grade and growth on your hero project. Absolutely. It's it's, in my opinion, the best leverage to copper that I'm currently aware of in the ASX. And that's something that I'm very interested in is leverage to copper, both as a career and in terms of my own personal investing. 